It's a real delight for me to be here, to have come to visit you in Wanish, and particularly on the occasion of one baptism and six confirmations. All young people, you have a fan club behind you, and they are praying for you, they are championing your cause, excited for what lies ahead because of today. And I just want to say for myself, I admire your courage because you're making a decision that means you're swimming against the tide. Jesus said it's not that everybody will come gathering to you, they'll probably leave you if you make a decision to follow. It's not the most popular thing at school, is it? One or two of you are smiling. Yeah, yeah. It's not easy to follow Jesus, but it's worth it. Witness all these others who've been doing that for a good while. Please be seated for the reading. The first reading is from 1 Corinthians 2, verse 6 to 12. We do, however, speak a message of wisdom among the mature, but not the wisdom of this age or the rulers of this age who are coming to nothing. No, we declare God's wisdom, a mystery that has been hidden and that God destined for our glory before time began. None of the rulers of this age understood it, for if they had, they would not have crucified the Lord of glory. However, as it is written, what no eye has seen, what no ear has heard, and what no human mind has conceived, the things God has prepared for those who love him. These are the things that God has revealed to us by his Spirit. The Spirit searches all things, even the deep things of God, for who knows a person's thoughts except their own spirit within them. In the same way, no one knows the thoughts of God except the Spirit of God. What we have received is not the Spirit of the world, but the Spirit who is from God so that we may understand what God has freely given us. This is the word of the Lord. Uh, This reading is from Mark 1, verses 4 to 11. And so John the Baptist appeared in the wilderness, preaching a baptism of repentance for the forgiveness of sins. The whole Judean countryside and all the people of Jerusalem went out to him, confessing their sins. They were baptised by him in in the Jordan River. John wore clothing made of camel's hair with a leather belt around his waist and he ate locusts and wild honey. And this was his message. After me comes one more powerful than I, the straps of whose sandals I am not worthy to stoop down and untie. I baptise you with water, but he will baptise you with the Holy Spirit. And at that time Jesus came from Nazareth in Galilee and was baptised by John in the Jordan. Just as Jesus was coming up out of the water, he saw heaven being torn open and the Spirit descending on him like a dove. And a voice came from heaven, You are my son whom I love, with you I am well pleased. This is the word of the Lord. Let us pray. As Jesus came out of the water, he saw heavens torn open and the Spirit descending like a dove and a voice You are my son whom I love. Lord God, open our eyes, open our ears, open our hearts that we may conceive Jesus among us and receive all the gifts God longs to bestow. In Jesus' name, Amen.
Thank you, Sam and Lucy, for your readings. It's good to hear God's word from a young person's, through a young person's voice, is it not? I wonder if you hear it differently. We've gathered for a precious and holy moment. We will shortly be reenacting that first moment of Jesus' ministry. Do you notice the reading was from Mark chapter 1, verse 4. Okay, there are three verses about something else. But the big moment, you've just heard Lucy read. It is the beginning of Jesus' ministry. For the six of you tonight, I am not ashamed to say, I trust tonight will mark the beginning of your ministry, if it has not already begun. And it's already been received from Sam and Lucy in the reading of God's word. And just as we believe God is especially present when we reenact Jesus' act of his last meal with his disciples, when we celebrate communion, so we believe Jesus is especially present tonight when we reenact his baptism at at the Jordan, at, at a stone model of the Jordan. You didn't know you had the River Jordan flowing through Wanish, did you? We reenact that baptism as Marco is baptized with water, and we reenact it when Sam and George and Lucy and Fred and Ella and Marco confirm their baptism, and I lay hands on each of them, praying for God's Spirit to descend. Now, what is going to happen at that moment? People of God, I want you to listen to the voice that comes from heaven. I want to urge you to attend to what it said about Jesus that you've just heard read and what I believe it will be saying to each of these courageous guys on the front row. And I want to ask that everyone else present, you are privileged to be onlookers, witnesses, many of you are parents, some of you are grandparents, some of you are godparents, some of you are sponsors. I want to ask all of you to listen to the voice. Some of you will have heard it before, which is really helpful because it's something we never fail to need to hear again and again and again for it to sink in. Indeed, I want to ask you people to think of it as a song, a song that God is placing on your hearts tonight, a song which is your task to learn so well that you can sing it back to these six candidates should they ever forget how it goes. And I want to go through what that song is. It's the story of Jesus' baptism where three things essentially happen. The heavens open, the spirit descends, and a voice speaks. Okay? 
very simple sermon tonight. I'm just going to go through those three things until you've got them lodged in your head and in your heart so you can sing the story back to these six guys here. So let's consider first, heaven is open to you. Look at what happens in the life of Jesus. His story begins here in baptism with the tearing open of the heavens. And it ends with the tearing open of the curtain in the temple. The veil that separates us from God has been torn apart. Heaven is open to you. There is no limit to God's purposes for your life. They are eternal. Heaven is open to you. Now, the six of you, you may find one day that your, I don't know, your godparents, let's say, sidle up to you when you're in the midst of making a difficult decision. Perhaps it's your A-level choices or a decision about your career. They may say, "Mm, don't just do the easy option. Don't dive for cover. Don't do what your parents did or don't avoid doing what your parents did or don't just do what your parents want. Heaven is open to you. The sky isn't the limit. There is no limit. Or, if a time comes, I hope not, when you're facing a serious illness, perhaps a fatal illness, your parents, knowing this song in your heart, may say, Heaven is open to you. The angels are waiting for you. They know you by name. Heaven is open to you. Death is the gate to that open heaven. Heaven is open. That's the first line of the song. You got it? Yeah, good. Okay. I won't labour the point. The second line of the song goes like this. God's spirit is in you. Remember the end of the flood when a dove brought a twig to Noah? Well, here is a dove descending on Jesus, bringing the gift of the Holy Spirit. Yes, even to Jesus, the gift of the Holy Spirit. And to you. Through this gift, you will become temples of God's Holy Spirit. Yes, you are the place where others may encounter God, because God's Spirit will be in you. Now, if a time comes in your life when you feel alone, perhaps you're surrounded by people being hostile, you may hear a sponsor, one of those guys at the back, perhaps a priest or a youth worker, 
and they gently whisper a tune to you. You may feel it's like evil all around you, but God's spirit is in you. God is with you. Or, if a time comes when you are wildly successful, they may sing you a sterner song. God's spirit is in you. God's spirit is in you. Everyone else may worship you, but don't forget whom you worship. At the time, you probably would feel cross with that, I don't know, parent or godparent or sponsor, but they will be singing back to you the song that is deep in your heart, reminding you what God promises today at your baptism and your confirmation. So, Heaven is open to you. God's spirit is in you. Finally, the third line of the song from Jesus' baptism, a voice speaks and it says, you are God's beloved. Actually, we read a different version today. It would be that I've prepared from a different translation. But anyway, what was it? God, can somebody remind me? God pours out his love on you. You are God's beloved. That'll do. We We know what love is, at least. We probably don't know what God's love is, frankly, do we? But we're trying to grasp what God's love is. More precisely, those are the words of the Father to Jesus at his baptism, claiming, this is my son, my beloved. And so God says to you, this is my daughter, my beloved. Here is my son, my beloved. You are my beloved child. God is asserting that you belong, that you are beloved. God is saying, Jesus means everything to God, and everything God gives to Jesus, he gives to you too, to us. Sam, George, Lucy, Ella... Marco, Fred, you mean everything to God. You are God's beloved. Now, on this one. There may come a time, pray not, when you wander far away from the church because God seems distantly cosmic and ethereally vague, somewhere up in the rafters when you long for intimacy and you long for passion. Now, people, that's when I hope you might hear someone close to you sing, probably through some tears, that you mean everything to God because you are God's beloved. Remember that song from your baptism, they'll say, from your confirmation? God sang it to you personally as if you were the only one. You're the apple of his eye and he calls you by name. Or, there may come a time in your life when you feel a deep sense of your own failure, of your own sin. I hope not, though 
speaking at least for myself, I fear it's rather unlike, I, I fear it's rather likely that there may come a moment. Then you need to hear someone who knows God's song, someone who heard it here tonight, remind you, remember you mean everything to God. You still do whatever you've done, however unworthy you feel. God loves you no matter what, to the moon and back again. You are his child and nothing you do or fail to do will ever change that. If anyone has come here this evening in that situation, then I pray your eyes and your ears and your heart may be open to hear, to receive anew that you are God's beloved too. So friends, listen up to the song of baptism and confirmation. As it was sung when Jesus came to be baptised, so we learn it again every time someone makes that decision to follow Jesus. Heaven is open to you. God's spirit is in you. You are God's beloved. And this is a song to sustain your whole life long. But please don't think it's magic. Because heaven is open to you, it doesn't mean your path on earth is paved with Belgian chocolate. Rather, if you look at Jesus, you probably should expect the opposite. It's the way of the cross. But it does mean, because heaven is open to you, that you can endure even the way of the cross because there's something that's bigger and better, more certain and more sweet that sets your horizon because heaven is open to you. Because God's spirit is in you. It doesn't mean you always feel good and you never get down or depressed. But it does mean God is with you. God is closer than anyone else. And God will never leave you. As they say in Liverpool, you'll never walk alone. That's a promise because God's spirit is in you. And finally... Because you are God's beloved, that doesn't mean you can do no wrong. It doesn't mean you live a charmed existence. It doesn't mean everyone else will love you just as much as God. But it does mean that you can swim against the tide. You can stand up and be counted with the joy and confidence that comes from knowing God is smiling on you. You are secure because you are God's beloved. That, friends, is it. It is all God's grace. You make some big promises tonight, but God makes some even bigger ones. You may not see them or feel them or hear them. From the first reading tonight, we heard that no eye has seen, no ear has heard, No heart has fully conceived what God has in store for us, for those who love him 
But like spring bulbs planted in the autumn, those promises are there. Your parents and godparents and sponsors and pastors have heard me charge them with a responsibility. Ha, some of them thought they were retiring today at your confirmation. No chance. That responsibility is to learn the song planted in your heart and to learn it so well that they can sing it back to you should you ever forget how it goes. And I dare say you might take the risk too of singing it sometimes to them. Because if they're older than you, they're even more likely to forget how it goes. This is the song. Heaven is open to you. God's spirit is in you. You are God's beloved. Amen. Amen.